Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Chiefs Wire podcast. I'm Ed Easton Jr. On today's episode, I sit down with Jets Wire managing editor Billy Rossetti as he gives us his thoughts on the Jets heading into this Sunday night's game. Also, we recap some of the best sound from the big Taylor Swift game, as everyone's calling it, with reaction from players and head coach Andy Reid. We also continue my NFL Combine series, hearing from today's NFL rookies reflect on some of the current Chiefs, as well as the team history. Andy, sorry in advance for this question, but Taylor Swift? You know what? I've met her before. <laughs> Adam, I set him up. I just leave you with that. <laughs> just what do you think about all the hoopla surrounding that with uh, Mrs. Swift here and <laughs> watching the game? Yeah, I mean, she's a tremendous, I mean, she's a pop star. She's a tremendous singer, tremendous at everything she does. And I haven't got to meet her. Um, but, I mean, I guess if, it's, if she ends up being with Travis, then I'll probably get to meet her at some point. So it uh, seems, like seems like a good person. So uh, hopefully I get to meet her one day. Did you know she was going to be here? Did you tell anyone that? Yeah, but he, he, told, he told me at like the last minute. But there's some things with Trav where he kind of just says it, and you're like, you don't know if it's true or not. <laughs> uh, he says it so calmly. Um, I mean, I remember one time he was like, "Hey, I'm gonna go to the uh, world, one of the World Series or one of the playoff baseball games." And I'm like, "You said it so randomly," and then he just went, and I was just like, "But the same thing." I was like Friday, he was just like, uh, "Yeah, I think I think she's coming to the game today," and then just moved about his business. I mean, to the game this weekend, and then moved about his business. So you're kind of like, it's, "I guess it's, I guess that just happens." I guess so. Uh, I don't know. This is Travis. Yeah, I think when you look at the Jets, right, you've got a defense that is outstanding. You've got special teams that are outstanding. They win the game week one versus Buffalo on special teams with that punt return. And then you've got an offense who's entering the season, right, with a quarterback kind of in the driver's seat, developing a system around him, and then boom, fourth play of the game. They have to totally pivot a quarterback with totally different skill sets, totally different experience. And so, you know, they're in a position where they're trying to find that identity on offense. Um, and we got to go in there and play consistent defense. We can't allow them to get that footing. They've got really, really good personnel, offensive line at receiver, running backs. Um, and so they're going to be a challenge, and we're going to have to defend them for four quarters or however long the game goes, um, and it's going to be a good one. You spoke a lot about chess over your uh, lifetime. How much has chess helped you play the game of football? Um, I mean, so you obviously go into every game with, like, a game plan. I think I maybe touched on this a little bit in training camp. But everybody has a game plan, and then it most certainly and most often does not go according to plan. And some, the team, other team, the opponent does something that you weren't expecting. And a lot of times that's how chess goes. You have an opening. You have something you have to adjust mid-game. You have to adjust end-game to – to try and win the thing. Um, fun fact, Wes Schweitzer, who is one of their offensive linemen, I played him in the first round of the uh, Chess.com Blitz Champs back in the uh, back in the summer, so it'll be cool to see him, but uh, funny thread there. You finally got a chance to play with Chris Jones. What, what's it like playing linebacker behind a guy like that? 
I mean, he's just so disruptive. Um, offenses are constantly trying to account for him. Um, protections are constantly schemed towards him. And so gives you the opportunity to get one-on-one with the back a lot of times in protection. Um, it allows you to kind of run through gaps sometimes when the offensive line is so concerned about him. And so um, he's a great asset to have on your defense. He's a great teammate, too. Drew, this is kind of a general question. I know you've been in the Chargers you had you know, a couple of years ago. You know, it was going for fourth downs. So they made a big deal of it. So I know you've been through that. But just the fourth down, overall, when teams go for it, people say, well, does he have any confidence in his defense or not? That's what the fans say. They worry about that. You're a defensive guy. Like if your team does or doesn't go for fourth down with the offense on a certain time, does that send any message to you guys? Or are you too busy worrying about, like you just said, changes in the chess match and once you turn to run out there, you run yeah. out there? Or is it play a mental game? I mean, I think there's two sides of the coin. I think you always believe in yourself as a defense that you're going to go out there and get that stop. I think you also believe in your offense to get a yard or get six inches or get whatever it's going to be. And so... As a player, honestly, you're not thinking about it too much. You're not thinking like, wow, the coach doesn't believe in us or anything like that. You're just doing whatever you can and trusting that your head coach is going to make the right decision in that moment. That's what he's paid to do. And um, I know certainly here, you know, whatever decision Andy makes, you know, going forward on 4th and 25 versus Detroit, like we're all in. Like this guy's won Super Bowls. This guy knows what he's doing. Um, And so he's going to make the best decision for a football team. A couple more. Uh, Drew, being in a couple of – Games now and Steve Spagnuolo. What's kind of the fun parts of operating and kind of running in that system? Well, I love Spags. Is just he's even keel. He's he's neither high nor low. He's just constant. He's steady. You know what you're getting with him. Um, the the end game adjustments, the halftime adjustments, um, are brilliant. They're quick. They're easy. They're di- digestible in terms of as a player trying to go in and make second half adjustments. And so I've just loved how smooth the operation is. The communication's oiled up. It's really good. Um, and uh, it's just been really effective through three games. Um, that was the first time I heard things like that. Uh, but for me, uh, whatever uh, the coaches have scheme for us within this week, um, within the week, uh, just focus on that and lock in and, and, and hit it 100 miles per hour. How was it like on Sunday, you know, knowing that you guys were utilized more as a, as a running back group? Um, it was fun uh, just being out there uh, competing uh, with uh, one another. Uh, it was fun and for us just building the uh, the the whole unit as uh you see us playing out there you go see we're uh, coming together. What was the frustration level the first two games? Um, just just kind of just playing with each other, uh, getting used to one another, uh, just building that bond in, in the locker room as well. Uh, there's no uh, once you know we get upset, uh, just find find a way to get better. There's kind of a phrase you don't know what you don't know, right? When you're a rookie, you kind of kind of in that spot. Everyone talks about the pass blocking. And- protections and getting out of the routes, like now you've been around, you kind of know what you didn't know. How how much more uh, diverse and well-rounded are you as a running back now, you know, in this second year, having had, you know, all the experience you've had now? Um, that comes with it, and for me, uh, just being able to uh, have trust in, in, in my uh, my game, and that's going out there and, and listening to uh, Pat and the coaches and whoever makes the call, for me, just playing fast and showing them uh, that uh, I know my job 100%, and it's fun when you're you out there uh, making plays. Yeah. Uh, 29 miles between Rutgers and Bad Life. Uh, <laughs> what's going to be like going back up there, man, playing you know, close to home? Um, it's going to be fun. Uh, a lot of people coming from back home, but for me, just eliminate distractions and focus on the task and you know, get the job done. How many tickets you have to get? Um, just five. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Violent South Jersey, right? Yes, uh, sir. You, you guys, so you guys weren't like Jets fans or anything like that? 
Eagles fans. Eagles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Competition going on between you guys with touchdown celebrations. Uh, Jared did kind of a high step at 45. You had your thing, and then Clyde will do the traditional gritty. Um, the competition dancing when you guys get to the end zone like that, especially they were all three. You guys find end zone. What, what's that like? And you try to just best each other every week. Oh yeah, it's fun. You know, going through the scheme, going through uh, the script uh, before the game, uh, seeing who's going to be in and who gets down there first, and uh, who's going to hit the dan- first dance move. Uh, for us, uh, Jet said he was going to be the first one, and he did it. Uh, so for me, uh, as a brother, uh, teammate, just uh, proud of him and, and proud of the way we're working and just build off of it. How much practice is involved in that stuff? Uh, a lot. Uh, just focusing on it because when when I go out there and I'm I'm practicing my dance move uh, is when I'm in there and, and I'm. About to score, I'm like, oh, what, what am I to do? What am I to do? But, you know what I'm saying? Got to get the end zone first. Thinking about dancing before you get in the end zone? Oh, uh, what dancing I'm going to do, yeah. No way. Yeah. Hey, what was the level of satisfaction all three of you guys got in the end zone? Um, you know, that it felt like practice, like I said. And for us, you know, we're just trying to get a hat trick. And, you know, it's going to come soon. And we just got to keep working at it and day by day. Jets defense. Coach has been talking about it. Patrick's been talking about it. You look at it, it's formidable. So what do you see? Um, you know, I, I know you're not going to tell all your tricks of the trade, but just what do you see when you see the Jets' defense and some of the things that maybe you guys can take advantage of? Uh, up front, defensively, I see uh, a lot of hardworking guys, and uh, they're determined. And for us, uh, just go out there and, and follow uh, what coaches have planned for us and execute. Hey, Jenna, uh, coming up in the Kansas City area, what were your thoughts on the Chiefs winning another Super Bowl? Uh, I, I loved it, man. Like, I was like, I was, like I've been, uh, ever since I started playing football, like, I, I was like, that's when uh, Andy Reid got there. I was just like, oh, it's a big Chiefs fan. Like, um, so I, I was like, waiting to see them win. Like, I, I was so excited the first time they won, second time they won, I, I was I'm still excited. And, yeah, like, all it's going to be, like, anybody who, like, goes to Kansas City, like, like Chiefs, like, being successful, it's all going to mean something different. Like, there was a time like they weren't doing good, and now they brought a lot of attention to the city. They brought a lot of uh, like good publicity, and like even though I'm, I'm not even playing for the Chiefs, like I, I was watching the game, I was like, man, this might be the last time I'm rooting for the Chiefs. <laughs> so I'm, I'm the one having to, to chase down Patrick Mahomes, and I'm, I'm not, I might not be with any fans anymore. Is there a former or like current player that you uh, modeled your game after? Um, I, I I didn't really like model my game after, but like. I kind of like trailblazed my own, my own uh, path. Like I had techniques that uh, I used, but like in high school, I remember like plays I, plays I really like to watch were like Miles Garrett, Vic Beasley, Shane Ray. Like, these guys are like I, like really got me excited to watch football. I, I like watching play. Hey, Billy, thanks again for taking the time to speak with us. And can you please start off with the best offensive players for the Jets? As far as players on offense, we can want to highlight, obviously, I think we have to start with Garrett Wilson. You know, the, obviously the offensive rookie of the year last season, off to a, a good start this year, two touchdowns in three games. And, you know, we, we know the offense in general has really been struggling, but Garrett Wilson really continues to kind of kind of be a highlight, at least in terms of, when they're able to get in the ball. We've seen over the last couple of weeks, the offense has really struggled to kind of push the ball downfield, and it sometimes takes them a while to actually get into uh, 
get into some kind of groove and really get Garrett Wilson uh, involved in the offense. But when he does, good things always tend to happen. And, you know, the uh, the Jets only have two passing touchdowns so far this season, and both of them have come from Garrett Wilson. He had one in week one against the Bills, and then he had one in week two against the Cowboys. And, of course, he is their leading receiver with 165 yards and 12 catches. The only other receiver right now with 100 yards receiving uh, is Alan Lazard, uh, another guy that, you know, has been doing, uh, at least with his opportunities, has been doing pretty well working uh, as the wide receiver too. But other than that, you know, those are really the kind of the two big guys. Uh, tight ends, they've been starting to get, especially Tyler Conklin, they've been working him uh, a little bit more. He's actually the third leading receiver right now with 78 yards on nine catches. And then, of course, Brees Hall. You talk about the running game. Brees Hall coming back from that knee injury. Slowly they're starting to work him more and more back into the offense as he gains confidence uh, in that knee. And he's currently the leading receiver right now, 154 yards on 26 carries. So he's averaging almost six yards a carry. So he's already shown uh, a lot of explosiveness so far on uh, on on some plays. You know, first game or uh, first play or one of the first plays against the Bills showed right away that he looks like he's pretty well recovered from that knee injury, but then they barely played him for whatever reason uh, against Dallas, which was you know mind-boggling that he only got four carries, uh, but they certainly worked him a lot more against the Patriots. Uh, but interestingly enough, the Jets only have one rushing touchdown so far this season. That was actually Nick Bodden, uh, the fullback, who uh, had what, of course, was the only touchdown for the Jets uh, in their Week 3 loss against the Patriots. Obviously, of course, you know, the offense as a whole has been struggling. You know, Zach Wilson still hasn't been, uh, still hasn't been showing, at least we thought he was showing growth. He's been struggling the last couple weeks. Looks like he's starting to lose confidence. Uh, But as far as highlighted offensive players, those would certainly be the guys, Garrett Wilson and Brees Hall, certainly the guys to start with. On defense, obviously you got to start with Quinn and Williams. Became one of the biggest uh, our highest paid, I should say, uh, defensive tackles in the NFL uh, this offseason and very well deserved coming off 12 sacks. Um, so far, obviously, he's been doing pretty well. Uh, not necessarily big on uh, on sacks. He actually doesn't have any, uh, but he's still you know getting in there. Has 12 tackles so far uh, and three TFLs, which is actually most on the team right now. So he's still getting in there, still kind of doing his thing. We're just waiting for him to finally get that first sack. But obviously, Quentin Williams still the heart of that defense. Same with Sauce Gardner. You know, a lot, a lot of people were starting, to, were already thinking, you know, he's having a bit of a sophomore slump. We saw, of course, uh, the Jets have given up or had given up a 100-yard receiver in each of the first two weeks. Uh, particularly, they looked at the Dallas game where C.D. Lamb had about 140 yards, and a lot of people were quick to blame Sauce Gardner. But the truth was, he really wasn't on C.D. Lamb all that much. Um, you know, C.D. Lamb, of course, they moved him around. The Jets like to keep Sauce Gardner on one side of the field, but when Sauce was on C.D. Lamb, Gardner held his own. You know, C.D. Lamb only had I think two catches for 16 yards. Uh, on the seven times he was targeted against uh, Sauce, or excuse me, the three times he was targeted uh, while up against Sauce Gardner. Gardner in total was only targeted seven times by Dak Prescott, but against C.D. Lamb, he only gave up two catches for 16 yards. So I think the supposed 
decline that people thought Sauce Gardner was on uh, was highly exaggerated, and Gardner continues to show that he's one of the best corners in the league this season. And another guy I think we got to highlight too is uh, is Quincy Williams, Quinn Williams' brother. You know, this guy's all over the field. He you know is a sideline to sideline guy. He shows a lot of speed, a lot of instincts. He's just been uh, been an incredible incredible asset uh, in the middle of the defense so far. And you're talking about another guy that the Jets invested uh, some good money in this offseason, uh, about $6 million per now, uh, over three years. That's the contract they gave uh, Quincy Williams this offseason. So they paid both Williams brothers, and uh, so far it's been working out. In fact, Quincy right now tied with C.J. Mosley, another you know certainly highlight of this defense as well, the captain of this defense. Uh, they're tied right now for the team lead with 26 tackles. Quincy actually has... 23 solo tackles so you know just goes to show how valuable Quincy has been so far and really I mean you're just talking this whole defense really is just full of great players Jordan Whitehead's another name uh that you could pop up this season as uh as doing really well obviously he had the three interceptions against the Bills in week one you know really starting to bounce back after what was kind of a down season for him last year in, uh, you know, what was his first year with the Jets coming over in free agency from Tampa. But here in year two with the Jets, really starting to, to take a step forward. Uh, DJ Reed continues to play well opposite Sauce Gardner. Michael Carter II uh, continues to be one of the more underrated uh, nickel corners uh, in the NFL, I think. You know, you look at this Jets defense and you really see one of the uh, most intriguing uh, cornerback duo or trios really uh, in the league, but you got stars kind of all over the place. But certainly Quinn and Williams and Sauce Gardner are uh, are certainly the top guys here. As far as a prediction for the game, I mean, you know, we've seen the Jets' offense the last couple weeks with uh, with Zach Wilson at quarterback. I don't think there's really anybody out there that thinks Zach Wilson can even come remotely close. To hanging with Patrick Mahomes this week, you know, obviously this game lost a lot of luster when Aaron Rodgers went down with the Achilles injury. You know, the the defense will certainly do what they can uh, to hold this Chiefs defense, but you know, in the end, Patrick Mahomes obviously is Patrick Mahomes, and Zach Wilson is Zach Wilson. So I really don't expect this game to be close. I'm looking at kind of a 31-13 type of game. Uh, in favor of the Chiefs on Sunday night. I want to take the time to thank everybody for tuning in to today's episode. Please follow us on X at The Chiefs Wire for your latest updates on news and everything going on with the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm Ed Easton Jr. Until next time. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.